T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. In the pole position in Indy. The pole's position. It's time for Bulls position. The Bears have the number one pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. The Chicago Bears are on the clock. What will Ryan Poles do with the number one pick? We're going to evaluate the draft class, and I would say this, I'd have to be absolutely blown away. We're counting down the days to the NFL Draft. How about the number one pick with the Bears? Are you ready for people to start questioning whether you're the, the quarterback of the Chicago Bears next I mean, year? I am. I would trade Justin Fields. I'm Justin Fields all the way. I love the kids. What I'm hearing out of Chicago is they're finna package him up, trade him for some other pieces, and then go with the Bryce kid from Alabama. Wow, I did not know that. That's a good, that's a good old insight right there. There's many things you can do. Uh, trade um, back. Yeah, a trade back. So, um, he likes that'll picks. Be a, that'll be a <laughs> The Bears would be absolutely insane yeah. to trade you. Put your pom-poms down in Chicago, Justin Fields. He's not a star. Poles position with Parkins and Spiegel on 670 The Score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show, afternoons on the score. Dave Wants that will join us in an hour. Speaks his 20th favorite baseball player at 445, but every day at 3 o'clock, we try to get inside the mind of Ryan Poles leading up to the draft. Maybe it's a free agent, maybe it's a trade, maybe it's a hypothetical, maybe it's something in house, but he's got the keys to the entire offseason this year, so. What is the issue of the day? Well, Speaks, we learned something about how Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles are conducting these interviews at the Combine. I said yesterday, most teams, they do a standard form of questions. Mm -hmm. They will have this, you know, all right, we got 15 minutes with 30 different players. They'll go, you know, I'm going to ask everybody the same question so that they can have like a uniform measuring thing. Oh, look at this coach, guy. Coach Dave, Dave Wanstead is here. He's Where paying he... up a bet. How about that? Bottle of Chiefs red. Chiefs in the over. It's like I know a little something about football, Dave. Oh, there he is. Yeah, coach, a little something. What's the logo on the jacket, Coach? That looks NFL inspired over there. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's, not. it's just. I figured it was that, logoed stuff from one of Gore, your many is that stops. Gore Tex. Oh, it's, oh, okay. It's very nice. It's good to see you, Coach. Thanks for coming early. No, no, no. Thanks. Thanks for paying. No, thanks for paying off the bet. That looks like a nice bottle. What did give you? I'm gonna Google. It. I, I got it right now. I'll, I'll take care of it for you. All right. Simi, yeah, you go do your thing. Simi Valley. There he is. Yeah. The man. The legend. Yeah. Cab. Uh, Simi Cab Sov. What year? 2019. I'm on it. Yeah. Let me know. Okay. Let me know what he spent. <sighs> oh no, really? Hey. He, the man's got simple taste. We know that. Maybe he likes it. 
Did he say he likes it? He didn't say anything. Okay. He probably is it twelve bucks? No. Is it twenty bucks? Sometimes. Maybe it drinks like something much more expensive. It could. It could. Did he bring in a less than twenty dollar bottle of red? He, he brought in a twenty dollar bottle of red. Maybe twenty five, depending on where you go. You ever have a great Valpolicella Ripasso? No. Where <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's an Italian wine. Nobody does. Okay. Nobody does, Dan. You probably made it up. All right. So he. Jamoke. So uh, twenty twenty to twenty five. That's that's fine. That's. Re- <laughs> <laughs> A little disappointed. Don't, don't pretend you're not disappointed. I'm a little disappointed. Of course you are. But I mean, I shouldn't know. Dave's, Dave's got simple tastes. He doesn't. He, he likes taste. his steaks. Hey, well done with ketchup. You're lucky it's not icy light. Okay. I know. I know. I'm just. I'm just I mean, you know. Well, I would say it was fine. <laughs> Guy's got an estate in Naples. Made, made hey, millions. Had a lot of problems with the estate in Naples. I know. Because the weather it, down insurance. there. Insurance. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm just saying, it could be a $35, 40, $40, $40 bottle of red. It's too much. It's it's fine. It's going to be fine. I'm not totally You're going to bet something different with him next I'm time. I'm going to put a minimum on the, on the, on the next You're going to adjust the parameters. Yeah. Unbelievable. You're special, man. I'm just saying, you went right to Google, too. I, I mean, did. I mean, I yeah, did. I am disappointed. It's, I, I'm sure it's delicious. Um <laughs> So, so look, here's the deal. Yeah, let me know. What's um, the deal? Let me, tell in two, me the deal. In 2020, the NFL decreased the number of prospects teams could meet with down to 45, and they increased the allotted time from 15 to 18 minutes. So just to be specific, you can only meet with 45 people at the combine. Yeah. It can only be 15 to 18 minutes. And the way the Bears do it is really interesting. So I don't know if if the cut we have of Ryan Poles talk about explains it all. If not, I can fill in the blanks afterwards, right? Yeah, here is Poles and Eberflus on the NFL Network talking about how, uh, and they got it from Larry Mayer's story at Bears.com on uh, the different approach that they were taking and some of the games they were playing with the players. You know, I read an article on the Bears website talking about you guys in your meeting room and how you're approaching this thing, and I loved it. There's a putting green. There is a dartboard. This is a different way of going about this, but you're trying to get to know these men and their competitive nature. Can you both speak on what you're looking for from a Chicago Bear if you're drafting them in the first or second, third round? Yeah, just hardworking guys that love football. We talk about it all the time. You know, I think some of the best players in this league have they're, they're passionate about football. And we want to see that come out of them. We want to see the competitive side come out of them. So we were talking uh, before we got here, and Flus was like, you know, what can we do to kind of loosen the guys up and see if they got a little competitive juice to them? So uh, we decided on darts and, and putt-putt. Darts? Darts and putt-putt. Okay, so you yeah. come in and say you hit the bullseye. Okay, I'm gonna, and it's, we're competing. It's yeah. Here's our wide receivers coach. Go up against them. Is that what it is? Yeah, or? that's exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> There's been some interesting outcomes, too. Yeah. Yeah, the coaches aren't that great at it. No, so, but the, no they're actually, yeah. Okay. The players are way better than yeah, the coaches, like, wait, that's yeah. for sure. Thing or a bad thing that you better at darts? <laughs> no, never mind. Yeah. Right, um, right. So, uh, so I love that, and you can make fun of me for how much I love that if you'd like in a moment. It's just uh, my. We decided on darts and, and putt putt. Darts, yeah. darts and putt putt. Okay. It's my expected reaction. But anyway, before you make fun of me, let me just uh, fill this in from Larry Mayer's piece that you were talking about. This is their methodology. Before we get into all the questions, we do fun and games and compete, get the guys to relax, because a lot of times it seems like it's a tough, intense situation for them to walk into a room full of people. We have a little bit of fun and easy questions. Then we get to football. And once you get to football, you can see the shift of, quote, this is my comfort zone, unquote, through those conversations and throwing in some personal questions about their makeup and things that they've been through and overcome. We throw that in the middle 
of the film and presumably after the games, so they're in their comfort zone. I think that's a really good tool to make sure you're seeing the person that they are. I think that overall philosophy of getting them loose and having some fun and then putting them in the comfort zone is really a smart thing to, to a smart way to do it it's interesting and he, he goes on in mayor's piece to say you can see they have fun and they realize we're the chicago bears we're here just to get to know them a little bit it's not an interrogation we just want to get a feel for the person and how they communicate and regurgitate some of the things they did on film what they were taught to do because we do hear some horror stories and it's happening less and less as teams are getting more and more aware of people asking like really inappropriate probing questions of players there was the question about like a player's Jeff, Jeff Ireland about the player's mom being a prostitute. Des Bryant's mom. Yeah, yeah. and just there's I remember Big Ant when he was in. He was talking about some of the things they would ask him, or something things that they would infer, like oh, you were raised in a good household by two loving parents, so like how much do you want it type of stuff. Wow, yeah. that's fascinating. Yeah, so it it at least shows a degree of humanity and an understanding of hey, we take this stuff seriously, uh, but it's not an interrogation. Let's have some putt-putt and some darts. I, I, I agree that it shows that for sure. But in terms of getting to somebody's essence, you got 15 minutes. Really, it, it's a big deal. You're going to invest a draft pick? Like, how would like? I, I think this is a smart methodology to really get, once you get to the, the hard stuff about football and about their makeup and figuring out if they're going to be resilient and figure out if they're that stuff. I, I, I think it's pretty smart to mix in some fun to eventually get to the good stuff. From my experience of having conversations with people. Yeah, you know? it, it, 15 minutes is a short amount of time. Yeah, it is. So you're not playing a full game of darts. You know what I mean? You're not You're not playing seven rounds of putt-putt, right? Yeah. You're, not, you're not playing nine holes, but... I question. Three darts? Here you go. You got three shots. Go ahead. Yeah, what do you got? I, I, would ima- I would imagine it's like they got their position coaches there. Okay, you're a defensive lineman, the D-line coach. This guy could potentially be your coach. Why don't you both step up there and throw three darts? Sure. So the idea of you're competing against your coach and, and that sort of thing. I, th- I think that is the icebreaker element. Meet who your potential coach would be. Uh-huh. Why don't you two step up there? Everybody in the room watches you throw some darts or hit some putts, and then you get to the football. I can't imagine if you got 15 <laughs> minutes with the guy that they're spending more than 90 seconds on the darts of the putt. putt. Now I like the idea of uh, Paris Johnson, the big Ohio State tackle, being in there. And all they do is play darts for twenty minutes. Well, it's on film, so they <laughs> the they, interview. They, no, no, I'm, no, no, no. I'm saying that his his tape. So like they, oh, oh, Will Anderson. We know what you can. Yeah, do. we're familiar we're, with you. We're really just curious if you could help out our uh, our golf team <laughs> uh, over over with the Bears. But no, it. So a couple of things. Yeah, is it instructive uh, for how Poles and Eberflus will ap- approach this job? Maybe it's different. It it's creative. Uh, I remember this past season, Dolphins had an up and down year. There was a beat writer out of Miami that noted the number of times that the ping pong table in the Dolphins locker room got placed in there and removed. Yeah, right, right, right. Because it was like, oh, this is a big game. We're maybe maybe having a little bit too much fun with uh, you know the basketball hoop in the locker room right. or the ping pong table in the locker room. And so a big big game we got to focus we got to stop focusing on the ping pong tournament. Okay. You know. Now now look that's true obviously from a coaching perspective that it tends to vacillate back and forth in terms of let's do this for team building and let's have fun and that's going to make you play better. But this is a different usage. This is interview tactics. So as an interview tactic. Yeah. I, I think it's it's a different tool um, in, in that way. So it, it, so it says to you that they have some 
human intelligence. It was Eberflus's idea. That shocks me. Shocks you. Again, I think that this what, guy... What, what, what indication have we seen that Matt Eberflus is remotely interested in having any fun whatsoever? Hmm. I, I, what, what, what has he ever done or said... I mean, other than the hits principle, that's his fun, is coming up with acronyms, clearly. Loves, the guy loves acronyms. What was he, he had another one the other day. Oh, FBI, football intelligence. Yeah, but that's not his that's own. That's not his own. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that, that's... With, with the superfluous B. Right. Because football's one word. <laughs> football ball intelligence. F-I. Football ball intelligence. And Matt, what do you do for fun? Um, I come up with acronyms. You know, yeah. I, like, uh, yeah. 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 I mean, so the fact that he's the guy bringing this up is, is interesting to me. Do you know, see the other thing in that article that Paul says about Iberflus? That he's a, a great evaluator. That it comes from his time as a recruiter. So it, it, he says that, that Matt Iberflus is a great evaluator. And outstanding. He's probably from, he's an outstanding evaluator, which is really powerful. That's interesting to me, too. Because all he does is say platitudes, right? He must be so, much more specific and critical in private. Call me, right. Well, uh, I would hope so. <laughs> Jesus. Is this your first NFL season? I didn't think that's where you were going to end that sentence. Well, uh, he saying, must be more critical in person. He's never said a critical thought publicly in his, in his, Danny, in his life. Um, it, it, it's not my first, but th- thanks for asking. You know, if I could do it over again, would I probably ended that sentence earlier? I, I think I would have. <laughs> you really shocked me with where you landed that play. That but, was the wrong runway. What I'm saying is... It's, it's it's becoming apparent that we don't know Matt Eberflus at all. Yes, they lie when they speak in front of cameras and microphones. I I that that's very funny. I I think <laughs> what we are in danger of here, we are at like the very end of the honeymoon phase. March fifteenth, free agency opens. Mm. April twenty seventh, the draft. These are the first two times where we are going to expect. Ryan Poles to make big decisions. He really hasn't made big decisions yet because tearing it down is easy. Well, the, like, Ro- I, I know Roquan, get, Roquan, the only one I'd, I'd say Roquan in the Claypool trade. Uh, yes, those are the those are the biggest to date, no question. Um, and I mean, people gave him a ton of love for for d- trading Khalil Mack and like really tearing it down. Even though I think that the vast majority of football people mm-hmm. would have done the same thing at the very beginning transition, get a marquee draft asset, give yourself the most uh, cap space possible. I thought that was like the fairly obvious move on the board, but yeah. you know, I, so people, whether you give him credit for that or not, uh, he's about to have like three or four or five decisions that are way bigger than Roquan or Claypool. Here we go, Jim. Here we go, Tony, which of what do you do with your cap space? How much of it are you rolling over? Who are you investing in? All of that. Do you get your guy this time or guys? Hopefully they're going to sign three or four outside free agents of, mm-hmm. of consequence. Mm-hmm. And what do you do with the number one pick in the draft? Yeah. And so it's been, all right, we traded a second rounder for Claypool. We gave up on an inside linebacker. Uh, we tried to sign a three technique for $27 million and it backfired. And we used a couple of second round picks on some secondary players. This is about to be, there, there are going to be expectations on this next season. There's going to be expectations you on you fields bet. to take a leap. Like, so for all of this stuff right now, it still is in the like fun in games. We're getting to know them. And 
it might age horribly or it might age beautifully depending on how the moves go oh, in true. the next couple of weeks and months. It's true. Some of the early stuff that we heard about other GMs and coaches felt fun and we said right? it was fun and it ages. It can age poorly based and, on the outcome. And so I'm not saying outcome. you're wrong. I just think we, we, we right now these guys really right. can do very little wrong. If the, if the biggest knock is the Claypool uh-huh. trade and there still is potential in there, I mean, it's – so he's got a huge grade of incomplete as they're getting to know these guys and using their interviews. We suspected as Tanny did. And Mully said it this morning as well, um, that they were blown away with Will Anderson, the edge rusher from Alabama. Yeah. The, the, and widely thought to be the most likely number one pick. If it's not a quarterback um, and Tanny heard this and, and, and so did I, David, David Haw. suggested to Brad Biggs that maybe the Bears would stay at one and take Will Anderson if he was, quote, a generational talent, which and you've likened it to what Miles Garrett is the one that you think about where a guy went one before the quarterbacks went. And everybody agreed Miles Garrett was the number one pick and it wasn't a question. And then everything else after that was the debate. So that's the the Jadavion Clowney draft, actually. Right, exactly. So that's the backdrop for Haw's question to Biggs. And this was interesting from Brad. Is he a generational guy? Like, I I think we've been so focused on him and Carter that uh, that we've maybe overstated. Maybe. That, and, and Will Anderson may, may go on to have a fantastic career, but when I talk to scouts, they all like him. I I haven't found a guy that's compared him to some of these elite uh, game-changing players that we've seen the past couple of years. You know, scouts are notoriously uh, hard on players when they evaluate them. You know, there's an element of looking for what's uh, wrong with the guy instead of what's right with him. But I don't think they put him in a class with a with a Miles Garrett or a, or a Nick Bosa. So is he, is he a generational player? I, he may okay. That's very good well information. become that. That's good information because I think that there's an assumption that he could be. Like I think the I think the character stuff with Will Anderson is strong. I from what I've been told. You know, if you want a guy who is a real alpha among a locker room full of alphas at Alabama, he's your guy, right? And and he's got the production, and you see it on tape. So you could take Will Anderson first overall and feel great about it, and I, and certainly I think the fan base would feel fantastic about it. The only issue, as, as we talked about earlier, is they've just got uh, so many – blank spots on their depth chart on both sides of the ball right now and a, and a lack of volume of picks. It's so interesting. I, I, I respect the hell out of Biggs's reporting. I wonder if he is parsing generational. Like, is he, so is he, would he say Miles Garrett is generational? Well, would, would he, he say Miles Garrett was thought of that way before the draft? He was thought that way before the draft, right? So like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that Miles Garrett necessarily is, but it was on the table. People were like, "Am I getting Michael Strahan here or whatever?" Yeah, but I don't know, man. I mean, Miles Garrett is one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. Like, you know, when if you're drafting a non-quarterback, uh-huh. it there is a, only there's a limit of like what these guys can do for a team. So, like this stat I I I had marked on, on Twitter: Will Anderson in three years at Alabama, two hundred and seven pressures across three years. Miles Garrett, 164 huh. in three years at AM. Chase Young, who's the second pick in the draft, yeah. 150 in three years at Ohio State. 
Aiden Hutchinson, second pick in the draft, 128 pressures in four years mm. at Michigan. So in terms of production in the SEC, Will Anderson has done it. You can't be more productive. Now, he didn't have like a ton of forced fumbles or interceptions. Yeah. But in terms of sacks and pressures, like disrupting and, and tackles for loss, plays in the backfield, you can't really be a much more productive player in college than, than Will Anderson. Now, maybe that doesn't translate to specialness in, in the NFL. Maybe the, I, me- maybe the measurables this week are could be a separator um, to make you generational as opposed to the best of the class. But I think I agree with what Big said at the end, though. Like, you still... You have so many needs. You have so many needs. This is why that if you came out of this draft and you had Jadavion Clowney, you would be disappointed. That's the thing, and and I think it, and I disagree with him when he says that Bears fans it would go over well if if they took Will Anderson number one because of all the needs. I I, I think overall people would, would feel like man we were supposed to get more partially because of us and many others talking about yeah. the trade down yeah. and everything like that. I'm, I'm starting to, to to think, and we've got plenty of time, but because of because of the the Jalen Carter thing and because of the mishmash of quarterbacks, Ballard saying, I mean, you don't just trade up. You got to have a guy that you were trying to trade up for, like those kind of things. And because of the volume of Bears needs, they might end up having to trade down more than they'd like, like trade all the way down to seven or trade all the way down to nine. And I'd like it to happen twice, the double trade down, like I've been talking about, but We'll see. And a comfort level with a non-Will Anderson edge rusher like Miles Murphy or Tyree Wilson would go a long way towards making that feel plausible if I'm Ryan Poles. That makes all the sense in the world. So just one more thing on the games. So it was Eberflus's idea. Yeah. And he picks the games. How do we feel about the games that he picked? Putt-putt. Putt-putt and darts. Um, he's, think, think he's, a lot of these guys are golfers. It's more of a baseball player, I think hockey if the, player. If the Bears are looking to draft any of my uncles, this is they're right on track for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a good game of darts, like in a pub like, with a pint. But I don't, I don't know. Like, can, can we get some? Can we get some video games? Can we get some dominoes? Can we play? Can we play cards? Uh, 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 <laughs> you know what he should add is five monitors and five playstations. And everybody, yeah. all the guys could just come in and play Fortnite and put on and 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 and, uh, and put on headsets and not look anybody in the face. Just talk to people while they're playing Fortnite. Yeah, I, it's just very surprising. <laughs> like, oh yeah, Will Anderson Jr. He blew us away at his uh, his cricket strategy and darts. He just he went for the triples every single time. It was oh. unbelievable. Oh, that's hilarious. I, I think they're easily movable. They're uh, they're quick. They're qu- they're quick. Throw a dart. Yeah. Take a putt. Right. Sit your ass down and let's talk some football. And Iberflus can throw it in his trunk. You yeah, know? yeah. Well, like, that—that's what it is. Hey, the make our coach flutes look like a prop comic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not like a a trunk that he carries in. I meant the trunk of his car. Let me say it another way: the PR guy could run to a Target uh, in Indianapolis and buy these things and then well, bring them back. The other, no, I think that's actually funnier. 
Iberville's like, don't worry. I'll bring mine. I got the icebreaker. And he just goes into his garage. Yes. And he's like, this is, honey. Oh, yeah, you don't care. It's in the garage. And he brings his own dartboard and his own little putting I'm, I'm going to need to bring the putt-putt. Yeah. 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 Well, he really liked his bag skills. That's why we decided to trade up for him. That yeah. There's one. not enough room. Not enough room to really play cornhole at regulation with 27 feet. Oh, Not enough room. God, is that good. To order to play hard, you got to live hard. Yeah. That's what he does. So Dave wants that will join us to talk about this average wine. Uh, people, are like, people are saying that I'm a jerk because it's a gift. Yeah. It's not a gift. He's right. You're right. It's not a gift. He's Danny. paying off a bet. He lost a wager for a bottle of wine. If I had known we were we were betting on the Super Bowl with an $18 bottle of red, I would have upped the stakes a little bit. Hmm. Jeez. Uh Dave wants that at 4 o'clock. He's going to be making steak with Shane Reed. We're going to eat Shane's steaks and drink Dave's wine. Is, is Dave making the steaks or just watching? I think he's watching and participating in some sort of video for, oh, oh, for content. Oh, yeah. Content. I'm a little afraid if Dave's making the steaks. He's just going to like very bathe, crispy. bathe them in ketchup yeah, yeah. for 20 minutes and then bake them. Uh, but I, I had a new Chicago sports experience last night. want to give it positive reviews, but also something that I noticed that it was lacking that I feel like is a necessity with where the sport is going forward. It's next on the score. Five seconds separate the two clocks. Six in the shot clock. Pick it. Fade away over Bowie. No. Oh, what a the rebound. offensive rebound. He got it back with five. Skips it out into the corner. Sitting up Winter for the lead. Yes. Cameron Winter knocks it down. Cold-blooded from the corner. Less than a second to play. And Penn State leads by three. Talk about the start of March. March Madness was here in Welsh Ryan. Great comeback by Penn State. Great effort by Brooks Barnheiser in the loss. Yeah, went to the uh, Penn State Northwestern game. Just last night, right? Last night. First time at the new Welsh Ryan Arena. Uh, it was kind of funny, actually. So I, I got the tickets to take uh, my nephew Jack, Brad's son, had an experience with uh, parenting a teenager that I don't think he'd mind me sharing. Uh, so we were supposed to go to, to Syracuse to the Syracuse Duke game, have him check out the campus because he's a junior. He's going to go to college in a little over a year. So I was going to take him on a college visit, then decided to, to cancel, reschedule that trip for, for health reasons, for, for just dealing with the Brad situation. And then uh, we were, so I was like, you know, I'm going to get tickets to take him to a game. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'd love to go to the game with you. And then like a day and a half after he said, yeah, yeah, I'd love to go to the game with you. He's like, Actually, my high school's got a got a big game. I, I'm gonna go to that game with my friends. Is that okay? It's like, it's like, oh yeah, 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 totally fine, totally fine, man, totally fine, totally fine. It's totally fine. I, it's, I'm I'm fine. He bailed on Uncle Danny. He bailed to hang on out Uncle Danny friends. to hang out with his friends. Classic. Get used to it. Classic seventeen year old behavior. Uh, so I already had the tickets, and I was like, all right, well, I'll, I'll bring my buddy, hmm. and uh, me and my buddy go to the game. Okay, and um, it was fun, man. I gotta say, I'm uh, I'm envious of having having been there. We talked a little bit about it yesterday. I was at the old one. I haven't been to the new one yet. I, I good vibes, babe. So capacity is seven thousand. It was a sold out game. There weren't seven thousand there. Probably six thousand, I would say. But student section behind both baskets, overflow, completely full. So good student support. The reason I know it was overflow is because students were constantly trying to sneak into the seats, like on the sidelines, like the padded, the padded seats. They're like, "Is someone sitting here? Is anyone sitting here?" And they were just they had like the student wristbands on. So big student demand to go to the game. Very intimate setting. No bad seat. 
uh, in the house, very loud, good amenities, uh, sold beer, which was a nice touch. You want to be sure that's going on yeah. at college games uh, these days. Some good old-fashioned trash talking after Penn State hit the the game winner at the end. You, uh-huh. you, like the, the Penn State players were kind of waving goodbye at the student section. Yeah. And some Northwestern students were yelling about acceptance rates. And I was like, ah, you dorks. <laughs> like, I, I remember those. I remember those types of chants, you dorks. Um, young people, huh? Young. Um, dude, these college kids. Yeah. They look like babies. Yeah. I can't believe I was once that young. Uh, you Not only were you once that young. It was weird. A, as was I. But we wanted to be taken seriously at the time, which, I mean, just the nerve that we had. I thought I knew everything. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, and I still do. I I know. But (laughs) But now I'm actually right. Folks, you think we're condescending now. Just imagine what what any of us were like in college when we had no right to feel any of that or express any of that to anyone. It was wild how young these kids look it was so off-putting to be honest with you oh yeah um but i had this thought so i'm at this beautiful new building yeah beautiful scoreboard great amenities the scoreboard is basically four big tvs jumbotron style with four long uh tall very narrow digital boards kind of on the corners connecting the squares okay does that, does that make sense it does it does so the long narrow vertical boards yes uh, what what was what was on like where were player stats and stuff that's like where, that that's where the player stats were so there was basically four huge flat screen tvs okay with forming a square and then on the edges like where the where the where the, the 90 degree angle would be mm-hmm. is a vertical narrow digital board and it had the player number, okay. points, rebounds, and fouls okay, so you keep for track. both teams. And that was it. And So names of the players not up there. That was the observation. Names of the players literally nowhere to be found at any point in the game. Pre-game, halftime, post-game, during the game. If a player made a shot, the PA announcer would say, you know, Johnson for two or whatever. But it was never up there. And the scoreboard was so narrow where the stats were, you couldn't type it in. It literally, there, it, You literally could not type out the player's name huh. if you wanted to. And I was thinking in the era of name, image, and likeness where so many of these players are trying to build a brand <laughs> for social media, for earning, for the pros, for some of them it is their, their last place to earn or their biggest level of earning potential as an athlete as as an athlete uh in the mo- and it's a it's a stadium built for the modern program do you need to rethink that if you're northwestern especially northwestern basketball uh-huh. where you really can be a player or two away to turning around a program and having a very special year when they went to the tournament a couple of years ago and then they had their best recruiting class ever those guys all transferred out after one year, and that's what's led to the bad Northwestern basketball of the last couple of years. Yeah. Like it, it can it can go and come so quickly with the transfer portal. But are you going to be able to say to a kid, "You come here, you dominate. You're in a major media market like Chicago. They're wearing their Chicago flag, trying to be Chicago's team jerseys yesterday." Can you really tell a kid hmm. we can promote you 
and your brand if your name isn't even on the scoreboard. Man, I it's my first Northwestern game of the year. I watched the 45 minutes of the game. The game went to overtime. I still don't know the names of anybody on Northwestern. <laughs> I'm a fairly above average observer of the game of basketball. Uh-huh. And I, 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 you, nowhere. Boo booey. Yes. I mean, yes. He was very good. Well, let me, let me ask you this. It, it was, it was, it was, it was jarring that I, it was like, oh, that's number zero. Yeah. That's number 31. That's number 13. These guys have names. Sure. Well, is it, okay. Well, let me ask you this. Is it possible? And I don't know the answer to this, but is it possible that they did consider all of that and chose not to worry about it? I suppose. I like, suppose it's possible. Like based on the kind of school you are, the kind of recruiting you're doing, yeah, the kind of um, atmosphere you're looking to to create, kind of team first thought process, yeah, the fact that most of the guys you get are um, uh, ha- like ha- have to uh, are, are are aspiring to the educational part and being a four year player. Some of which Chris Collins has talked openly about. Some of which Pat Fitzgerald has talked openly about. That yeah. that that you are looking to foster a team over individual atmosphere, even in the face potentially. Uh, I'm not saying that they're choosing to limit the opportunities, but they're choosing to accentuate team over player. Is it possible that that choice has been made to fit the ethos of the athletic department? It is certainly possible. Um, and a texter is saying, you know, in sta- in stadium for a capacity of 7,000, that's such a small part of it. It's all about social media and television anyway. Oh, no, it's about in stadium, too. It, Danny Parkins was there. You could be here talking about which player you loved. You would th- I, I think it's at least... Any, anybody. Any- I think it's at least a part of it. Of course. Um, uh, of and, course. And, 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 it, and it did almost seem like a conscious choice because they also had the... The wraparound video boards, like you, you have at the United Center for uh-huh. for sponsors and all, and they're not there either. Like there, there was literally nowhere in the stadium where the players' names were written out. So it had, it has to be a conscious choice. So m- maybe it's a texture says maybe it's a throwback thing, like to the old gym and the kind of the simplicity of college hoops a little bit. Maybe, but and, and, and as a branding choice, I think it's completely on the table. And this is a fascinating question. I, I'm interested in it. I'd like to talk to whoever Jim Phillips is now. It's not Jim Phillips, but uh, it, forgive it, me. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can. I, we, I don't we, know. We, we can figure it out. But, but you know, and, and I'm not saying it's a nefarious choice. Like to diminish individuality or to diminish earning potential, but it did bring to mind something from the not too distant past for me, which is remember Kane Coulter, remember the whole yeah you tried to unionize yeah the they were they tried to unionize um, you know athletes and get college athletes paid, and that was. It was a volatile issue for Pat Fitzgerald, for coaches, for the athletic department. And, you know, it was school versus athletes and they had to dance around it a little bit. And I wonder if there's if they I wonder if if that's any part of like the thought process. I, I wonder if and I guess I am assigning a possible nefarious uh, attitude here, but I'm wondering if that's if they want to keep themselves branded as team first or university first, and if you are interested in NIL, maybe you ought to look somewhere else. I wonder if that's at all part of the thought process. I, I mean, so do Northwestern basketball players receive name, image, and likeness deals right now? 
I, I don't I don't know the answer to that. I, I don't. But when you call sh- yourself Chicago's Big Ten team, you're absolutely right. The opportunity for a Chicago car company to be like, and, man, I love that guy. And Let's they've do taken this. in transfers. You know, they, they they didn't. All their kids weren't from Chicago. Maybe, like, maybe I'm maybe I'm dead wrong. I, I, I'm thinking about that context. I, I, it was. I don't know. It just it struck me in the era that we're because the texter is saying they're Northwestern basketball players, Danny. Yeah, man, I know. They're but, trying to compete in the Big Ten and across the country. Yeah, and, and they have big dreams, and they're spending hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars on athletic facilities. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the practice facility is $270 million. This is a brand-new, awesome basketball for, for, stadium. For the school, yeah. to uh, benefit the school. Uh, no, I, I know, but you want to – the game was sold out, man, on senior night yeah. because they're the 21st-ranked team in the country – they could get a double buy in the Big Ten tournament. They're second in the Big Ten. And I guess not after the loss. But, you know, like they, they're they a real program right yeah, now. Oh, they, they are. They, they're a they, real program they, they that, pays their, that pays their coaches real money that is in Chicago, and they had that no is in ex- a real conference. They had no expectations this year, really. So it, it, it it's amazing. And it comes and goes, like you're saying. But I think it comes and goes if you ask Chris Collins. Or, it, you know, it comes and goes based on – the overall um, recruiting and the group atmosphere and the cohesion of everything and 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 they don't consider themselves maybe we'll a get, player in the for the for the persons um, in that way yeah but I, I don't know yeah maybe we'll get Chris Collins on after the Big Ten tournament or something before the NCAA tournament and uh, we'll talk about his team's bid and then we can ask him that question at the end because it's it it's it, obviously it's not a huge deal but it just go to so we go to so many different sports venues yeah. In this job, and I've never seen anything like that. I've never been able to not find the stat of the dude who just scored. And you could see, I mean, you could find the stat of the dude who just scored because, oh, yeah. no, number zero, 16 points, whatever. But, like, actually their names and wanting to learn the names of the human in this era of college sports where yeah. it's literally never been more about the names of the players. Right. It seemed like a conscious choice. A texture says that one of the players had a Theragun commercial on the video board last night. Yes. Yeah, Must have been at the game. Yeah, yeah. So, so, th- so that, that person does have a deal. So you they do have be, deals. You can't be competitive without without doing it. So it, it has to be a conscious choice, and I think it's a mistake. And I'm not saying it's the biggest deal in the world. And, and, and maybe it's a conscious choice that is not in no way related to the the Kane Coulter unionized thing from years ago. Maybe it's a conscious choice that's just about, you know, family first, uh, like Dan Bernstein says, uh, school first, school yeah. over individual cohesion. Et yeah, I don't know. It was it was it was weird. A uh, crazy gambling moment from last night. I had under one thirty three and a half. Game is sixty one sixty one. So one twenty two tied goes to overtime. Overtime, not generally good for the under. And it's 65-65. So each team only scored four points the first four and a half minutes of overtime. 35 seconds left. Total's at 130. I have under 133 and a half. If it goes to double overtime, game's going over. Penn State hits a a three-pointer with four-tenths of a second left. 68-65, 133 final score. Under cashes, 133 (laughs) and a half. I'm hot. I'm hot. Paid for those free tickets with that wager. Dave wants that comes in studio in 15 minutes. Parkinson Spiegel on score. Hey, dear friends, it's Brad here. Today's my 15-month anniversary of being diagnosed with GBM, and I have to tell you, I'm one badass. Friends, today marks my 23rd month since I was diagnosed with glioblastoma. As of right now, my health is feeling great. Hey, glioblastoma, what's happening? You and I are in this journey together. I'm pushing you back to those dark corners, and I'm going to kick your ass. Oh, man. Um, 
that was Brad along the way, right? Yeah, yeah. He's been on the show, you know, many times now. Uh, you guys all know my brother, Brad Parkins, my older brother. Um, he is battling glioblastoma. As you know, you all helped raise uh, a bunch of money for the Malnati Brain Tumor Institute. And the link to donate there to brain cancer research is uh, always at the top in the bio on my uh, on my Twitter page. And... You know, it's obviously been the toughest thing I've ever gone through. Uh, I was the best man in his wedding. He was the best man in mine. He's my only brother. Uh, he's my favorite person in the world. Love that guy. And um, today is a very special and emotional day for uh, the Parkins family, as today is 1,000 days since Brad was diagnosed with glioblastoma which is a terminal uh, brain cancer diagnosis. And, you know, Brad was given uh, about four months to live when, when he was diagnosed. That's crazy. And he's made it 1,000 days. So that's what, it would be 130 days or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Ten times. And uh, so, you know, it, it's, uh, we're thrilled that we've gotten this extra time. He's gotten to see some amazing things. He got to see... You know, his son get his driver's license, uh, his daughter get into and leave for college. He got to take his son to uh, see his favorite team, the Milwaukee Bucks, win a championship. They were at game six uh, together wow. all since his diagnosis. So he got to see my second son, Eli, be born, who carries his name. Uh, his middle name is Bradley. So, you know, he in that 1,000 days, he's he's seen some amazing things. Uh, it's it, not going to lie. It's, it's, it, it's tough right now. Um, and we're just dealing with it the best we can. And, uh, you know, so there's going to be some time here coming up where I probably will be in and out and then off the show for, for a while. Uh, I'm going to take tomorrow off. I certainly need it, but, uh, but yeah, I just, I, he's, he's, been, he's so inspiring and he's the absolute best. And, um, today's a thousand days and I almost didn't work today. Uh, because it's just, I, it's real hard and I don't, listen, our job is to make your guys' jobs and days go by faster. Uh, so I don't, no one should pay, uh, play any like world's smallest violin from, from me. I, I, I got it great, but, um, sometimes it is really hard to come in here and care about the trivial, even though it is our job to care about the trivial, to give you all a distraction from your problems when I've got this stuff going on and uh you know it's so so recent and soon after my my dad passed away and my dad had a long battle with with dementia um and so there's something called anticipatory grief and so now we've been dealing with this with Brad for a thousand days and so to kind of have those like two parallel tracks of anticipatory grief at the same time um and then having them both kind of come to a head at that's, roughly the same time my dad died, you know, about two weeks before Thanksgiving. That's a crazy amount for a family to bear. For yeah, sure. it's um, it's been it's been, you know, and then in that same period of time, you know, Owen is born a little bit before Brad's diagnosis, about six months before Brad's diagnosis and Eli born in, in the middle of it. And so like real circle of life stuff. Um, and then there are other things that I haven't talked about, uh, but it, it, it's it's. It's just, it's been a lot and I'm going to therapy and I'm trying to deal with it. And it is a huge struggle. And like this show sometimes has felt like a vacation. Like I have texted these guys many times been like, 
taking a vacation, coming into work, uh, you know, and so it, it's been awesome and you guys have been supportive and it's been great on uh, the listeners and everybody, but, uh, you know, pour one out, have a, have a mule with, uh, with Tito's or something, uh, Tito's and water, Tito's and soda, um, just, uh, or it's just, you know, think of them or, or tell a joke or I have Tito's at home and I will do exactly t- that for tonight. There, there you go. Tell it, tell, you know. You got, you know, your brother, your dad, whatever, you know, time is, time is short and, uh, we got a thousand days and hopefully a few more out of it. But, uh, but yeah, man. So proud of my brother because thousand days, no joke, man. No joke. That is awesome. He's yeah. fighting his ass off and, um, and, and getting to be around for, for a lot of things. Um, let me, let me just, just say that like stuff like him going to the game with, his son, yeah, um, stuff like him knowing uh, Eli and being named for him, um, as as the dad of a son who's named after a late mother, like those kind of things. Like you're giving him immortality, you know that that that's that's what that's what you're doing and what the experiences are doing. So yeah, it's it, that's that's a big big deal for the family that you've gotten a chance to to interact in some of those ways. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you have. Yeah, so today's been uh, today has been an emotional one, and so what do we do when we're emotional? We shove those things back down because no one cares about them, and we drink. That's not, that's not true. And we drink wine and eat steak. Oh yeah, we do that. And talk football. Dave Wanstead always makes us smile and laugh. So Wani's going to come in. He's cooking steak with Shane right now. Where's Spigs? Where's Wani? He's gone. He's eating steak without us. So we're going to uh, have a little steak dinner with Dave Wanstead and talk some football next on the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.